now. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Shades of Strong, where we are talking about all the things that shape, make, and sometimes break the strong black woman. Hey Natty, what's up girl? Good evening. Oh my gosh. I'm just glad that I now remember that it's <laughs> I'm sorry, what did you oh say? My gosh. I said, I'm just glad that I finally remembered that it was Thursday. I yes, know. Okay, the weird thing is, yesterday felt like Thursday, and today has felt like Friday, and I haven't been feeling great today, like physically, and so, like, it's just been a weird day, and, like, I am keep thinking about, oh, tomorrow's Saturday, I gotta do this and that, and I'm like, wait, tomorrow's Friday, so it's just, I'm just having one of those days where I'm just a little off, but I'm glad to be here. <laughs> Yeah, I'm happy you're here. I was like, oh my gosh, where is daddy? What is happening? Like, I seriously thought something was wrong. But anyway, I'm glad you're here. Yeah. And I'm sure our I'm listeners glad are glad you're here as well. Like I said, we are back with another exciting episode of Shades of Strong. And as you know, last week, Natty told her, her story of, or some of her story of healing and emotional trauma, things of that sort. And so this week, it is my turn. What? That's right. That is right. You get to give your testimony. (laughs) I got to say, I'm a little nervous about it, but I'm also a little excited about it because I was thinking about it today and I was thinking about how I don't think we realize that our lives and our journeys and our stories are never about us, but they are ultimately for the people that we have been called to serve. Because all of us, it is my belief, have been called to a life of service. Now that service looks different for each of us, but we have all been called to serve. And so I was like, okay, Cheryl, you got to do this. You got to tell your story. So yeah. I don't even know where to start, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I honestly do not know, to, well, know where to start. <laughs> <laughs> but, and the reason why I say this um, is like, I'm sorry, go ahead, Nettie. No, I, no, you, you keep going. No, the reason why I say I don't know where to start is because for as long as I can remember, my life has been one traumatic event after another. Okay. Seriously. Yeah. I grew up in a home with a mom and a dad. My dad was abusive. He was an alcoholic. So my mom was guaranteed to get a beating every weekend. Growing up in the midst of that, trauma comes along with that because here you are as a young child watching this happen to your mom and you don't know what to do. And then after that, my parents eventually divorced. And then now you're growing up in a single parent home where your mom is struggling to make ends meet. And she's in and out of unhealthy relationships, which eventually led to me and my sister being molested as children. You have to live with that. And so, like I said, it's just been one traumatic event after another. Even in my mid-30s, having gone through that, got pregnant at the age of 16. In my mid-30s, I was almost raped by the same man that molested me and my sister as children. Then there were two failed marriages. It's so it's you've been through the ringer. Girl, it's it's just like ringer. it's been like a never ending just like sequence of, of just trauma. Like I said, there were two there were two failed marriages. I've been married twice. I had been married twice. I've been divorced twice. Both of my ma- both of my marriages were physically abusive. 
marriages and emotionally abusive marriages. And one even led to my daughter being molested. And then, of course, there was the everyday living and breathing of being a single parent where you're trying to make ends meet. You're trying to raise a a black son in, in white America. All of this stuff constantly happening to me just back to back. And I'm like, God, can a sister get a break? Yeah. Just a little one, man. Girl, just let, me, just let me breathe. It's like every time I, you know, or think I had gotten over one thing, then something else happened. So like I said, it was just like one traumatic event. That's a, that has been the absolute story of my life. For the most part, I never really dealt with any of those things. The pain was like pain on top of pain. And I can tell you from my own personal experience that when you don't deal with those feelings, it's like Iyala. I'm always saying Iyala because I love Iyala Manzan. But she, <laughs> she says that feelings buried alive don't die. They don't die. They bury you. And they bury you in guilt and shame and unforgiveness and unhappiness and all of this darkness. And so that's what that's what happened to me as a result of all of those things happening in my life and me never dealing with the pain of it. What happens is, for I can say for me, what happened was even when I was going through all of these things, Natty, okay, I'm hurting. And then, you know, you'll hurt for a little while and that pain will start to subside. And so you think, you're good and that you're healed, you're healed from it. But in essence, you haven't, you just become numb to it. I think that's the word I'm looking for. In essence, you actually just become numb to it. You haven't actually dealt with that pain. And like we said in other episodes before, if you don't deal with this pain, then it will manifest itself in other ways. And so it was just a constant battle with my emotions. And that was because I had underlying things that had not yet dealt with. Yeah, I was buried and guilt, shame, bitterness, anger, unforgiveness, and all of that. So it's important that when you are going through traumatic events like this, that you learn how to deal with those things as they come up. What was the thing? Well, so what was the thing that caused you to start dealing with all of those buried feelings? What was the thing oh, or the event? When I originally, I guess, realized that there were a lot of things that I hadn't dealt with, I was working on working for a real estate company at the time and the real estate market was horrible or it was going into being horrible. And so I got laid off. I had just closed on my house in maybe September of 2008, I believe. And then October of 2008, 30 days later, I was sitting across from my supervisor telling me that I was I was about to be laid off on my job. I had just closed on my house and I'm like, oh, my gosh, God, what am I going to do? So I got laid off in October. I found a job and I started working in December of that year. And I got laid off in April. (laughs) So I had got laid off from two jobs in a six-month period. And I had no idea how I was going to take care of my family. I had no idea how I was going to pay the mortgage. I had no idea how I was going to feed my children. So I can remember one day in my room, lying in my bed. And I was talking to my friend and I was just crying and telling her about everything that was going on and how afraid I was because my house was on the verge of foreclosure. Like I had an auction date for my house. I was just in pure panic mode because I'm like, guys, you got to give me a break out of all these things that I've been through. Now you're going to throw this on me and you gave me this house and now you're going to take it back from me. And so I was just just beyond, like, I cannot even explain the pain that I was in in that particular moment. But I was in my bed and I was just crying out to my friend and telling her about all the stuff 
that was going on with the house and the job and all of that. And I didn't know what I was going to do. And Natty, out of nowhere, out of nowhere, I just started crying about how my daddy had left me and how he left me to take care of another family. And this other girl is calling him daddy. And she just looked at me. And I have no idea where that came from. I think it was because all, all the things that were going on reminded me of my dad leaving me and my mom not being able to provide for us. And now here I am in this situation, not being able to provide or not knowing how I'm going to provide for my children. And so I was just crying. And she was like, girl, she was like, your daddy issues are showing. You need to do something about that. <laughs> so we both just kind of laughed that off. I remember that night I walk into the mirror and I just looked at myself in the mirror and I hated. I hated my life. I hated the person that was staring back at me. And I just fell out in the floor and I just started crying because I knew in that moment that something needed to heal in me. I didn't know that it was healing at that time, but I just fell out and started crying out to God. And I told him, I said, I'm just tired. I said, I am so tired. I'm tired of every time I think that everything's going to be okay in my life, there's something else. And I just, I don't even remember the words that I was saying to him. I don't know how long I was lying in the floor, but I know I was crying out to God. And then that was the day that the healing process began for me. Because what I did in that moment was, and, and it wasn't like a strategy that I had or anything like that, but it was like, I knew that I needed to accept what had happened to me. You, you cannot walk around like this for the rest of your life. You got to do something with what you're feeling. And so in that moment, I came to terms with the things. Well, not in that moment. Of course, I went to bed. I got up and I, after I had cried to God, I felt better. But that next day when mm-hmm. I got up, I felt different. It was like a weight had been lifted because I cried. Like I hadn't cried in, I mean, I hadn't cried in a long time because that's just not what I do. At that time now, I cry all the time. I just didn't cry. If something happened to me, I'm just like, okay, it happened. We dealt with it and we we moved on. But when I cried that night, Natty, I mean, I cried. I cried like Jesus had forsaken me because that is literally what I was feeling like in that moment. And so that is the day that the healing process of all that stuff that had happened to me, that's that's the day that the healing process began began for me. And so that next day, I was still thinking about how I'm going to pay my mortgage and all that. God gave me a clear cut plan of how to save my house. And I didn't lose, I didn't lose my house because I walked it out exactly like he told me. But when, when all of the whole mortgage and foreclosure thing was over, I began the healing journey. Journal saved my life. And I journaled about everything that had, that had happened to me. And, and, and that's why I say healing is a process because I went through oh, yeah went through every little thing that had happened to me, Natty. And I talked about it. And I talked when I was journaling, I talked about how I felt about it and things that how it made me feel to grow up without a dad and how it made me feel to hear another child call my dad, dad, and how it made me feel to watch my dad abuse my mom on a regular basis. I processed each one of those things. And processing is going to be different for all of us. I I processed it by journaling because I like to write. And so that was just right up my alley. And so I just began to write about every traumatic event that had happened in my life. And that helped me to accept the fact that it did happen. Because when I wasn't dealing with it, I wasn't acknowledging that it had happened. So being able to write it all out helped me to acknowledge that it did happen. 
this happened to you. That helped me to get past it. And then I had to forgive myself. I went through through forgiveness for each event. I had to, because like I said, you know, you get buried in guilt and shame and blame and all of that. So I had to forgive myself. <laughs> then I had to forgive the people who had wronged me. But in forgiving me, and I'm, I'm kind of doing this because I want people to take take something from it. So I'm trying to explain the process that I went through while I'm telling yeah. my story. <laughs> and so forgiveness for me, I had to be very specific in what I was asking for forgiveness for. I had to be specific about why I needed to forgive myself. For instance, when my child was molested as a result of me marrying a man that I knew I shouldn't have been married to, then I had to forgive myself for choosing a husband and not waiting on God. I had for getting desperate to have someone to help me meet my financial mm-hmm. needs. So when I was when I was forgiving myself, I had to be very specific in what I was forgiving myself for. You just can't say, oh, Shirley, I forgive you for allowing yourself to get caught up in this situation. But I was very specific about it. And I journaled mm-hmm. about that as well. And even when I was forgiving people that had wronged me, I was very specific in what I was forgiving them for. I was very specific Mm in my dad abusing my mom, coming home drunk, abusing my mom. I was very specific about forgiving him for choosing other people over his children. When you're trying to get to a place of forgiveness, you have to be specific, like search yourself and say, what exactly do I need to forgive myself for? What exactly do I need to forgive him for? It sounds like you started to, um, you started to kind of excavate all of that stuff and excavating meant acknowledging and, and really coming face to face with the different traumas and by writing them down and having to look at the word and read them and realize, Oh my gosh, this happened. And yeah. And then having to sit with that and come to a place where you can release yourself and all the different people and that, and even in that, you got to go back and you got to read that stuff again because you're talking about being specific. So you're reading over and over again the different things that happen. But sometimes, for, you know, like you said, it, it's different from for different people. But sometimes, yeah, that's the way it has to be. You've got to, you've got to just, you have to stand there and face it, or you have to, you know, rip the bandaid off, as, as people say, and just. Be acknowledge that there's a deep wound there, and there's a and there's a scar there, and there's there's tissue that hasn't healed yet, and all of that stuff. And you can't be afraid of the blood and the gore and all of that that comes with the wound. You have to just really sit and look at it and and face it head on, because that's the only way you can start to dress it and clean it and bandage it up and all of that stuff. You can't do any of that by not looking at it, you know. So it sounds like that's what you did. And I like that you use the analogy of, of rip the Band-Aid off because with healing, it hurts in the beginning. But then when, when you've gone through it, it hurts first, but then it helps you. It hurts first oh, and, yeah. then it heal, and then it heals you. And so ripping that Band-Aid off, just that, that may, I, I don't want to say that because that ripping it off may not work for other people, but it worked for me. Because like we've said before, like Natty and I have said before, healing, the journey to healing is different for everybody. Ripping a band, right. Band-Aid off work, worked for me. It may not work for you. So whatever you find that works for you, then do that. For oh, me, yeah, definitely. Ripping, ripping the Band-Aid, Band-Aid off work. And then you also mentioned, Natty, about releasing 
I had to let go. I had to let go of the guilt and the shame and I had to let go of blaming myself. Listen, I'm going to be 100 with y'all. I had to let God off the hook because I was mad. I was so mad at him for allowing all the things that that happened happen in my life. Like, how dare you allow all these things to happen to, to me? Like, I, I am your child. I am serving you every day, striving to be a woman after your heart. And then you allow this to happen to me. How dare you? And so I had to let God off the hook. And, you know, and I know people are quick to say that you're not supposed to be angry with God. I don't know about that, Natty. <laughs> well, the fact of the matter is some of us, when we go through different things, especially if they are deeply traumatic, yeah, a lot of us, we, we, we get mad. We get mad at the world. We get mad at God. You know, that it's, it's like, a, it's, I feel like that's a normal human I feel like reaction. it is too. I feel like it is too, because here you are relying, relying on this person be it a supernatural person, but this and a divine person, but here you are relying on this person and now you feel like this person has let you down. So I think anger is a normal reaction. Yeah. I mean, we even see, like, I mean, even Jesus was like, why have you forsaken me? Why have you forsaken me? Absolutely. You know? Thank so you. Jesus could feel that way in a given moment, like, oh, wow, Every, everything that could turn its back on me has turned its back on me. And of course, there might be times when we feel that way. And, you know, because it, we're not going, we're not so unique that we're going through that the Lord had, has an experience, you know? So I feel like that's totally normal. And I also don't think, you know, because we, we are believers and we have faith in God, I do not believe that God is rattled or, you know, knocked off kilter by our rage and anger or whatever. I really don't think it affects God like that. So, you know, we just need to keep it a buck and just be honest when we feel what we feel. Exactly. It's not like it doesn't already know. And again, it's just, that's just another way of acknowledging, like God knows what we need. God knows how we feel. Us saying the things that we say and raging, that's really just us acknowledging how we really feel instead of trying to pretend that we don't feel that way. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because it's like you say, he already knows our heart. So just go ahead and put it out there. Look, I'm mad at you because you allowed this to happen in my life. Like you just have you have to be completely honest with God and let him know that this, even though he already knows, he knows how hard. But I think it helps the healing process when you're able. It's just like if, if it were your best friend, because I consider God my best friend. If it were your best friend sitting before you and you were talking to your best friend and said, this is how you hurt me. I feel like that's the same way we can talk to God. We can talk to God and and say, God, when you permitted this to happen in my life, this is how I felt about it. And so in the healing process, I had to let God off the hook. I had to stop trying to figure out how and why he allowed things to happen. I had to accept the fact that sometimes the answer is the answer to why is the lesson learned. And that's it. Was it easy to get to that part? Get to that part? Absolutely not. It took me a while and, and I'm still arriving. I have not yet arrived. Mm-hmm. Every day I'm arriving because life continues to happen. So yeah, I had to let, I had mm-hmm. to let God off the hook. And after letting God off the hook, I had to let, let myself off the hook because, and I say that because I blamed myself for so many other things that happened in my life. Even as a child being molested, I found myself as an adult in hindsight, blaming myself for maybe something that I wore 
or maybe something that I said made him feel like it was okay to do that and that I wanted it. I found myself questioning whether or not, I, you know, I should have let him hug me in. Right. Because we've been conditioned to think stuff we, like that. Absolutely. Yeah. We have been conditioned. Right. And then even in my mid-30s at the age of 31, Natty, we're the same, man, because oh, I'm almost ashamed to say this. <laughs> we're this, this same man that molested me. So you see, I still kind of sort of deal with the shame, too. But my mom turned around and married this man that molested us, knowing that he had violated us. She married him. But in her defense, they, they were both not saved when the molestation took place, but then they got saved. And so she, she felt like, okay, he's been delivered from the spirit. And so she married him. And then in my mid-30s, after getting out of a failed marriage, I needed some transportation to work. And I was living with my mom at the time, and he was taking me back and forth to work. And so one day we made a detour. And so even in that, I was like, how could you allow him to touch you this way? How could you allow this, 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 and this? So I was blaming myself for, even as an adult, I was still blaming myself, knowing good and well that I did nothing wrong. But it was like I went back to that little child who couldn't defend herself. So in that moment, I couldn't defend myself. <sighs> Let me breathe for me. Yes. But yeah, in that moment, and so yeah, long story short, you know, I had to let go of the blame and the guilt and the shame that was associated with that. So in letting and letting God off the hook, I also had to let Shirley off the hook and place the blame where it needed to be. And see, a lot of times we can't get can't get the healing that we need, Natty, because we won't place the blame where the blame needs to be placed. Even with my mom, I had to let my mom off the hook because I felt like somewhere down the line, she failed me as a parent because how dare you marry a man knowing that he had already violated us. I had to release that. So it was a lot. There was a lot. Mm -hmm. There were a lot of people I had to let off the hook. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's just, that's, that's life. I mean, not to say that what you've gone through is typical run-of-the-mill stuff because not everyone goes through the things that you've gone through. Um, you know, I, you know, just listening to your story, I think about parallels and almost parallels in my own life. And there are times where I, I, I dodged a real, you know, a real bullet and not everyone dodges that. And I, I definitely, I firmly believe that there's always a reason for that. Not that, oh, we're just meant to go through horrific things, but that I, I believe that there are people on this earth that, like you said, we're, put, we're, we're called to be of service. And there are people that only you can be of service to them. Like, because you're the only one that they're going to relate to because they've been through the same kinds of that you've been through. And, that, and then in listening to you, they're going to maybe glean the wisdom that they need or just get the that they, they might need to start their own process of healing if they haven't, you know, and like you said, you have to, you had to let these, you had to let people off the hook, but you can't let them off the hook if you don't place the blame with them. Absolutely. And if you don't do that, then you can't let them off the hook. And if you don't let them off the hook, then you have, you're not, you're not going, moving forward in your own healing. So yeah, actually naming 
the thing that was done and placing the blame where it belongs is a very real important part of just going through your own healing. It is. And it's so, oh my gosh, the freedom in that to actually be able to say, and I'm not going to call his name because, yeah, I'm not going to do that on this podcast, but, you know, people know my story. But God, where was I going with that? So yeah. To be able to say, hey, yeah, you did to, this. To, yeah, that, that you did that and that what happened to me was no fault of my own. Even being in physically abusive marriages, just because I don't shut up when you tell me to shut up doesn't give you a right to slap me in my mouth. It absolutely does not. Exactly. And so I had to blame myself was, oh, if you had shut up, that wouldn't have happened. And so I think it's like you say, it's learned behavior is what we've been taught to do. And so even in that, I had to, girl, I had to let go all of that stuff. And I had to say, surely these things that happened to you were not your fault. You got to blame the people that did this to you. But even in blaming them, Natty, and some people are going to disagree with this, <laughs> but I had to let them off the hook. Well, you have to, you, I mean, you have to. We're saying you have to. Because I know that the real, it's a very real um, sentiment right now. And I understand it. But people, right, a lot of things that I hear nowadays, it's kind of like, you know, screw for you. They don't deserve my forgiveness. Or da, 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 da. And I, I get it. But I think the point that people are missing is that you forgiving someone else for what they did has nothing to do with them. And it has everything to do with you and you being able to heal and move forward and be free from it. You not forgiving just continues to hold you back. And like you said, it, it keeps you from acknowledging stuff. It keeps you from acknowledging the fact that, you're, cho- that you're, you're choosing to hold on to it so that you can stay in the place that you're in. You don't move forward holding on to resentment. You, you just don't. You, you've, and and it, it, is, it really is a choice. We have to choose to let go of it. You have to let go. But if we don't, it, it, it just, it's just going to bury us like when it was burying us when we weren't acknowledging it at all. Like we acknowledge it and then we're like, yeah, but I'm going to hold a grudge. And I'm saying this because I used to be really, really, really good at holding grudge. So I'm not throwing shots at anybody. I know what it feels like to not forgive somebody and not want to forgive them and be like, they don't freaking deserve it because they did this and this. And it's like, whether they did or didn't, it's, this is, this is hurting me. This is, con- this is continuing to harm me long after. And it seems very counterintuitive, but it really is about setting yourself free, walking yourself out of that cage because it is a cage. It has nothing to do with letting or, or saying, oh, well, what that person did to me, they're not that bad. It's okay. That's not even what it's about. It's about you just and the freer you get, the more healed you get. And I want to make this abundantly clear. Forgiveness does not mean reconciliation. Just because I forgive you does not mean that you get to participate in my life. I forgive you and you go your way and I'm going to go mine. I'm go mine. It does not mean that I'm obligated to invite you into my space. It does not mean that I'm obligated to say hi to you if I see you in the grocery store. I'm not obligated to do any of that. I forgave you to set myself free. It had nothing to do with you. Yeah. And the, the freer that you get, that's, that's, the, that's the stuff. 
that's going to be the hand that reaches out to someone. You can't reach out to other people from from behind a cage. You cannot do through the little holes, but you can only not effectively anyway. You gotta walk out of that cage. Exactly. So you can reach other people who are still maybe in their own cage of whatever guilt, shame, or unforgiveness that they feel. And that's how the different horrific things that we go through in life, that's how the beauty comes out of those ashes. Because we are free and then we're like bringing other people along with us. So that freedom is just multiplying. Absolutely. Girl, forgiveness is the truth, like for real. Like it is, there's just so much freedom in, in being able to forgive people and then let the circumstance go. Now that doesn't that doesn't say that you don't remember what happened to you because you'll always remember. You're but remember, yeah. You just don't hold the grudge. You just don't let it eat you up inside. But you'll always remember. It's just like a scar. The scar doesn't go away. It's there to remind you that you hurt yourself. And an emotional scar is there to remind you that someone hurt you so that you don't allow them to do that again. So we're not saying forgiveness means reconciliation and forgiveness does not forgetting. Forgiveness is not reconciliation. Forgiveness is not forgetting. Okay. Got it. (laughs) Yeah. That's, it's it's really, it's, it's really simple. But again, you know, like I said, it seems counterintuitive Mm -hmm. and I think we have these hearts that are capable of so much warmth and softness and gentleness, but a lot of times we lean towards coldness and hardness. And it's the hardness and coldness of the heart that says, no, I'm going to seek vengeance or I'm going to hold this grudge until I get revenge or I see their justice. And then you maybe maybe you do see somebody get their just desserts. And guess what? You still don't, you know, because it's it was never about that. It's not like, hey, if I can get my revenge, then I'll let it go. You still don't let it go. So it's not even a, it's just really not about that. that did it's not at all. Did. It's always about you. It's about you. It's always about you being out from under the weight of all of that. You're absolutely right. You are absolutely right. Because and as cliche as it sounds, forgiveness is not for them. It's for you. But you get to decide what that forgiveness looks like as far as allowing that person back in your life. And for me, you out. I'm just saying, <laughs> we not. Yeah, gonna, for me, it's, we it's are not going to be friends. <laughs> We're not going to be it's none of same. that. I'm like, <laughs> I, I sincerely don't, I do not hate you. I don't have, I don't wish you any ill will like that. But, you know, we're just two people on this planet. And I've got my own space and you've got your own space. And that's it. The planet is just big enough for us to not, you know. Yes, God. Yes, it is. Anywho. Sure. <laughs> so where am I going now? Oh, yeah. So my healing, so my healing journey after all that stuff happened consisted of acceptance, forgiveness, letting go. And then there were the lessons learned. And so in each incident that happened in my life, and, and, and I'm telling this story really fast because of the time frame that we have, but this was a, this was a process. None of this stuff happened overnight. None of it happened in 30, 60, 90 days. This was a, a really long process. Kind of like we talked about on your, on last week's episode, I think you say your journey, it took about 10 years. I think you said Natalie, but yeah, this, this, this was a long process. So 
you know, in the acceptance, forgiving and letting go, then there were, you know, me taking the lessons learned from it. And let me, when I tell you, there were a whole lot of lessons. <laughs> there were a whole lot of lessons. And so I think in order for us to get the healing that we need, we need to go through these steps, acceptance, forgiving, letting go, and then figure out what that lesson is. Because like I said before, sometimes the only answer to why is the lesson learned because we are never going to fully know and understand why God allows certain things to happen in our lives, given that some of the stuff, you know, we could avoid by making better choices. And somebody may not like that either, but it is what it is. But yeah, so I would encourage you if you are on a, a healing journey or you're looking to start one, to, to start with acknowledging that that thing, whatever that thing is, did happen to you. And then go through the, the forgiveness process. Be specific in what you need to forgive yourself for and what you need to forgive others for. Then let it go. Just let it all go. And then when you've done that, pull out the lesson in that. So yeah, that, that was my journey. So where am I on my healing journey now? I'm still arriving. <laughs> Because life is still happening. And that's why I, I said I don't think we ever arrive because life is constantly happening. But instead of me piling pain on top of top of pain, I deal with life as it happens instead of just letting, letting it build and bury me, build and bury me. I deal with it as it happens. And like Natalie, I have a contingency plan in place to help me deal with those things and that's going to look different for everybody art is art for natty for me is meditation and it's journaling and i know that when tragedy strikes that i can never ever not spend time with god because that is what takes me in that dark place so when things unexpected happen in my life i now make a habit of not breaking my daily routine of spending quality time with god because when i do that it sends me down this dark road that it takes me forever to pull myself back out of. So that's my story. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it would take, you know, for each of us, I think I feel like it would take two or three episodes. To oh, yeah, definitely. Dive deeper and, and say, OK, this is rotten, rotten thing. And it might have. It maybe was supposed to kill me, maybe it was supposed to take me out, but I'm actually still here. And so here's how I got from point A to come. Because I know that you and I both have a few stories like that. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah. And maybe we could even talk more in depth about our contention, mm-hmm. like the nuts and bolts of Right. Um, what it looks like. What it really looks like, because it's not. You know, I call it a, a contingency plan, but it's not like it's some kind of methodology, some kind of system. It's not really that at all. It's just um, it, a lot of times, it, it, depending on what's going on, if something really, really awful has gone on, or if I'm going through a depressive spell, it's just, it's a means to an end. It's like, like a string that I'm hanging. And other times it's not a string. It's like, okay, this is what I'm going to do today to kind of lift my mood. So um, I think it's important though for us to Oh, it's absolutely a, a thing that we kind of look at as like a constant 
And I think of that as like, that's, that really is a gift from God to have that. Oh, it's been a blessing. It has been such a blessing. It has been such a blessing for for me to be able to have that. Because Mm -hmm. before I would just, before I had a plan in place, I would just go into this dark space. And all I wanted to do was eat and sleep. Me, the same thing, except for me, it was just sleep. Yeah, girl. Yeah, but I love food. So it was eat and sleep for me. <laughs> and so I would get up every morning just going through the motions and waiting, and I could not wait until it was time to go to bed. Like I lived for bedtime because the way I the way I was feeling in that moment was as long as I'm sleeping, I don't have to feel I don't have to feel. And so but now, like, like I said, I, I deal with it. I deal with the pain as it comes and it hurts. And sometimes it hurts like hell, but I deal with it as it comes so that I can go ahead and move past it. And that's not to say that some days, you know, I still don't feel the pain. I still feel the pain, but I just know how to move through it now. I allow myself to feel it because that's important. It's important to allow yourself to feel the pain. Wouldn't you agree, Natty? Oh, I totally agree. Um, as as opposed to avoiding it, yeah, mm-hmm. all the time, Absolutely. every single time. I saw uh, I saw something on online. I think it was yesterday or the day before. I can't remember, but it said something like, um, "Sometimes the healing hurts more than the wound." Oh yes, I think I remember because seeing that. Is <laughs> you know, because <laughs> like you said, sometimes it get, it really does hurt like hell. Like the, the yeah. event is over, mm-hmm. it's over and done, but you know, the, the aftermath, Girl, the, aftermath. The, healing is. the healing is in the aftermath. The so healing is that in can the hurt. aftermath. Natty, yeah. I just love the way you said that. Yes. <laughs> the healing is in the aftermath. That is where the healing is. And on that note, that's a good note to end on. <laughs> that's a, that's a really good note to end on. The healing is in the aftermath. So Natty and I hope that by by hearing our stories and our journey to healing, that you were able to take something away from it that will help you in your in your healing process. I mean, we gave it to you <laughs> raw. <laughs> As best we could, yeah. As best yeah, this we is could. Just real. It's just real deal. We don't have no outlines. Yeah, we yeah, I mean it's just like us like talking from our heart, sharing our story with you with the hopes that it will touch you in some, in your soul, in your hearts, and in your spirit, and that you will get the support that you need. And if you need us to support you on your healing journey, again, we do not proclaim to be therapists or any type of mental health professional, but we have our we're own. good at listening and encouraging. Exactly. <laughs> and so, you know, we can tell you what we've done. You can try it and see if it works for you. But if you need us, we're here for you. And I forgot to give y'all my whole follow us on social media um, in the beginning because I was so nervous about sharing my story. But uh, yeah. <laughs> well, you can do it now. You can totally do it now. Follow us on all social media platforms. Follow us on all social media platforms at shadesofstrong.com. Website is Shades of Strong. What did I just say? Follow us on all sh- so- all social media platforms <laughs> across all platforms. The website is Shades of Strong. Dot com. Our email address is hi, H-I at shadesofstrong.com. If you need to reach out, you know, more, more privately, you can send us an email and we'll do what, do what we can to support. Anything you want to add before we get out of here, Natty? 
nothing except just thank you for being willing to share that with us because I know that isn't easy. Oh yeah. Yeah, but it's not about me. It's about those I've been called to serve. <laughs> yes. You serve, Noble Shirley. Serve. Serve. Yes. Serve. All right, guys. We are out of here. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Let us know if you need us. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Talking about things we never did before